When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would like to tell you a story. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest knife treat ovens available. Find your next heat treat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Welcome to episode 70 of Knife Talk. The podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and anybody with an interest in blades. Hosted by myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and Mareko Malmassi of Malmassi Fire Arts. You'll find us all on Instagram under those names. So what have we been up to this week? Let's start with Mareko. Well, uh, so this is kind of our Blade Show follow-up episode. We'll get into that later. But it's been a, a long week of travel and getting ready for the show and everything. But I think the biggest thing that happened is we just closed the pre-orders for the calendars. It was so awesome. The incredible support from everybody, the community here on Knife Talk. Thank you, everybody, so much, as well as the Instagram community at large. And just all the all the incredible support. And I, I got to talk to a lot of the the makers that are part of the calendar at the show and it's their, their enthusiasm and excitement around it was flattering to say the least. Um, you know, everybody just wanted to give me a big hug, <laughs> which was crazy. Um, cause I didn't realize it was going to have that kind of impact, especially on the makers involved, but people, people honestly were very excited about, uh, the calendar. And I, again, I just want to say thank you to everybody, um, for your help in supporting the calendar and making it a thing and making it, uh, seem, I think it's a viable thing. I think people are into it and I, I think already we're making plans for how we'll make improvements for next year and everything. So other than that, I, you know, obviously again, blade show is going to be a big part of the conversation, which we will have later. But, uh, I, you know, I, I took a, I finished up a beautiful knife, uh, the Koa, like the, the Polynesian inspired with Koa handle and everything. And, and that just looks stunning. I put a sweet edge on it. I did a, uh, I did a freestanding paper towel test. So uh, folks like our, our boy uh, Kasumi Kev, uh, as he psychotically looks into the camera and slices through the paper towel, uh, it's it's a pretty challenging proof. And it's, you know, it's, I, I, I got some funny comments, people saying, why do they keep doing all these stupid tests? And it's like, you know, it's, it's about showing what the edge can handle or what the edge is capable of. And, as we've talked about before, it, the paper cutting tests are always kind of an indication of what's happening at the cutting edge. And to be able to cut a paper towel alone, as you look into the camera psychotically, uh, is challenging enough. But to cut it freestanding, um, I'd never seen anybody do it, but I thought it would be fun to do it. And uh, what's funny is I took the vi- I, I tried it just for shits and giggles, and it worked. And I was like, holy shit. So I was like, I should have had the camera rolling. So I got the camera going, set it up again. and. Yeah, amazingly enough it worked again just like that because usually what happens is once you get the camera going you can't get the damn thing to do it again Mm -hmm. so if you guys are ever going to do a cut test 
Slow down for a second. Don't get too excited. Set your damn camera up and and take a video. But last week's been good. It's been a lot of very busy. I'm very happy to be home with the fam. Uh, Saw a lot of great people. And yeah. One thing that's interesting about the cutting test now, and this is last week or a week or two ago, Neil Kamamura did a video about um, how, why he's not going to do bottle tests anymore. Oh, yeah, sure. Plastic bottle tests. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, we're finding out that the, the, all the stuff that's being recycled isn't really being recycled. So the the, the amount... Not of, as much as we thought. Correct. It, right. Yeah. Only like maybe 10% of the world's well, plastics are being recycled. So so he's made the decision that I'm not going to do bottle tests anymore because, you know, as, you know over, in, uh, over in that part of the world, there's definitely... You see more of a... I don't know. You see more of that over in asia it's, it's more impactful yeah impactful especially yeah, in right. island nations yeah so i you know he said he's gonna not do that anymore he's gonna figure out different ways to show performance tests and i you know what i said the same thing i'm like i'm not gonna have plastic bottles in the shop anymore even even yeah. for drinking for for when I, I have a little refrigerator for customers for a little water i'm gonna have like a glass jar glass jugs or something like that i thought that was a really uh i thought that was great yeah. for him to kind of you know make that statement and you know i'm gonna i'm not gonna do bottles i don't do bottle test it that much anyway but i'm gonna like keep plastics out of uh out of the shop hmm. yeah yeah and uh, like well, single-use plastic i was amazed yeah. how much i was using in the shop about a year ago i made the decision to try and stop as use as much i was mixing my glues in little plastic pots that i'd be throwing away i was using little plastic spreaders that i'd then be throwing away but um yeah i now use silicon for everything and obviously you can reuse it all the time but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's important man it's good it's yeah a- if it's if it's something, then it's something. You know, it's if it you know that's that's mm. it. Well, and also to do this, are you talking about doing like a swivel top glass bottle? So <laughs> when I a mean, customer like, comes in, I got like I got some old because that's yeah, a classy like, look, brother. I got class. I'm, I'm up. I'm class up to my ass. Classing I, it up. I'm, 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 I'm all. I'm all. I'm all. I'm like a teacher. I'm like a. I'm a classy. God damn it! I'm tired too. <laughs> yeah i got the, i got some old like uh beer uh kombucha you know the with the lid on and everything. who cares who cares what kind of bottles i have you got bottles got nice yeah. bottles here <laughs> what have you been up to jeff i'm f- fucking tired here man I, I mean besides the blade show which was awesome i'm now i now have the the username and password of the culinary institute of america as we speak and i've been running Uh-oh. there i've been i did this i'm in the middle of the CIA takeover, the CIA Culinary Institute of America is the biggest uh, culinary school in the United States, can arguably one of the best in the world, and they gave me the keys to the car. So yesterday, Monday, I've been I started out, you know, doing little videos, how we make a knife, blah blah blah. My business partner Tony is a CIA grad; he's actually coming up after we podcast, and we're gonna you have to do videos with him. But I've been this is day two. I got a call. I was nervous. I, we didn't get any messages from the people who ran the, the social media division. And at the end of the day, they sent me a message saying, we love what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful. I said, I, I expected to hear calls or messages or whatever. And she said, no, 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 you don't want that. If I start sending you messages, then there's a problem. So I'm on day <laughs> two. I'm in the middle of day two. And here's the funniest part. One thing is, is the knife makers are have been awesome. And they've been following the Culinary Institute of America. And they've been DMing the Culinary Institute of America. But I got the DMs. So they're slipping into the DMs, and then I'm writing, you know, foul things to them under the guise of, of, the, <laughs> of the CIA. So, right. so that's been a lot cool. of. That's actually been the funnest part. It's stressful because you know it's you know a lot of people are looking at it, and but it is fun. 
yelling people with that CIA check. So I'm doing my bullshit on the DMs with that CIA check. It's that's the funnest part. Taking Power's advantage. Under your head. Totally, 100%. So I got a, another day and a half of that, and then uh, I'm going to collapse. I'm ex- I mean, I'm just exhausted. So blah, blah, you, you blah. You know what? While you have access to that, I don't know if they're going to do it themselves, but you should create a highlight reel on uh, their Instagram stories. I, I maybe of your posts. We'll see. That's a good idea. I might try to do something so like that. don't get lost. You know what the funny ah, you know what? I, you know what the funny thing what it was is as soon as I got the – they sent me the username and the password Monday morning. And yeah. I was talking to Tony, and, and I said, well, what do you think I should do first? And the first thing he says is change the password. <laughs> he was like, let's have a real takeover here. Let's change the password. This is ours now. So I That's didn't do that. That's some pirate-style shit there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Tony's, Tony's a vicious guy. He's cutthroat, man. He'll, 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 he'll to he'll, ransom. He's the best. Well, yeah. That's so, great. Yeah, so it's yeah so I mean, if you do the highlights, me. it doesn't hurt. If they, Ultimately, they'll take it back, and they'll make the call if they like it or not. But yeah, I think – I think I'm gonna I do think that. It's a great idea to keep it up. If you're gonna if you're gonna have somebody t- do a takeover like that, you should keep it up. Well, they're giving I, me they're giving me every day I get uh, a main picture on their on their Instagram, and then I've just been sure. filling everything up with stories. I'm trying to give a taste with the stories, but I'm getting the main stuff on yeah. the the page, which is really all I really want. But it's been a lot of fun and a lot of good feedback. And as long as I kick this baker's ass, the last guy who did it, I got to kick his ass. And I've already kicked his ass. <laughs> I got He's a famous baker in the Hudson Valley. I got to beat his ass. I can't. He can't. Uh... You, you should go live on Friday, Friday afternoon, have a few beers, because it's, it's the end of your shift with them anyway. Have a few beers, wind down, go live, and just picture all these chefs now get the notification that Culinary Institute of America has gone live. So they all you know what? See what's there's I, you monkeying around in the show. I'm I'm very <laughs> tempted. I'm I'm tempted and nervous at the same time because well, I love doing Instagram live. I don't do it as much anymore, but I get so derailed when I talk and and then deal with the questions. And it is a fun. I, I, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see how they feel about today, and then tomorrow's my last day, and then I'll say, "Hey, how, how do you feel about me going live?" I I gotta really establish some trust. I gotta because all of a sure. sudden it's gonna maybe, be <laughs> maybe that's something you do on the the second takeover. Well, you know, I gotta establish a little trust, so I gotta yeah. like I gotta do this is fine. It's going great. <laughs> I'm I'm but I am literally like exhausted. I'm like I'm juggling. I'm dancing. I'm throwing shit all over the place. I'm not cursing. People are surprised. Jared from Boot Hill Blade says, hey, man, you need to loosen up. I'm like, ah, hey, shut the fuck up. You take over the Instagram page of the Culinary Institute of America. Let's see how loose you get. <laughs> he needs to loosen up. He's having a hell of a week. He's shooting foxes and all sorts. That's a good follow, by the way. If you're not following Boot Hill Blades, he did an awesome. He did an awesome. Yeah. A uh, couple days takeover, uh, uh, a couple days uh, Instagram uh, stories. He, he did a real nice job. But now all of a sudden yeah. he's got it gone to his head. He's giving me critique on how I should do the stories. <laughs> yeah, you know, you should loosen up. Ah, go shoot your fox and beat it. Cut your finger <laughs> off. Get out of my life. Come on. Man. Love the Kentucky Stooge. What's going on, Craig? Let's get to it. How are you? Glue ups, glue up heaven this week. It's just been, I think the fumes have got to my head too. I've just been gluing up all week. So I've got this, this order for the black swan, which I've been working on for ages, but I'm flying to the UK next week to hand deliver all these knives. Mm. Really looking forward to it. So yeah, it's just been the glue ups. It's been Exciting. a real, a real sort of chore because it's, it's a double glue up. So there's the liners first of all, then the, you know, the drilling, then the glue onto the blade and so on. How many knives? Um, um 36. How are you feeling yeah. on your deadline? 
Um, good, good. I'm I'm pretty much on deadline. Um, awesome. We'd arranged the time when I was flying over anyway, so it, it's all pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice. I mean, we talked about this in the past of you know getting to that zone of doing the same job repetitively. I really I really enjoy doing that. That's good. Um, picked up a really good tip from um, Jimmy Pie, who's one of our listeners. Sure. Mm-hmm. I noticed on um, Instagram how he does his glue ups. So until now, I've been using sort of IKEA cutting boards that you know the H the HDPE is it the plastic stuff that doesn't stick, right. um, and using them as a, as a sort of sandwich when I'm gluing up with the clamps. But what I saw Jimmy Pie do was he's just got this big sort of section of um, angle iron. So I went out and bought a two meter section of angle iron, screwed to the wall, and then just put some like parchment paper across the top. And then I've got this perfectly flat thing that's way up out of the way just to put all my glue ups. They're out of the way. I can do sort of 20 at a time. It's oh, brilliant. yeah. That's I've a great idea. Like that makes, makes a lot yeah. of sense. Have yeah. you ever done – have you ever seen – I saw uh, Jonathan Porter do this a long time ago. He actually used a piece of uh, I-beam because hmm. if you do it on an I-beam, when you have the I-beam face down, so the, the, other, the top of the eye is handing, standing up or sitting yeah. up, you can actually clamp from both sides of the both beam. Both sides, yeah. Nice. That's a slick little move too. A lot of glue-ups. Um, I'm prepared now, ready to fly over to the UK. Um, as part of this whole sort of change of, of what I'm doing, because most of my work now is steak knives to restaurants, um, part of it is at least one day a week, just contacting chefs and restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, so when I'm flying to the UK, I've got, I've got a couple of meetings set up with various restaurants and one of them, I'll tell you guys off off uh, off mic, but I, I can't announce it yet. But it's it's the oh. dream, the dream client with the dream dream chef of like anybody in the world I could think of. I'm going to meet him next week, and I'm I can't wait. So I can tell you once we've had the meeting, but I, I, I won't sort of. Sure. Can we? Can we? Can, that, that is a hell of a tease. Can we now? It's, can Mareko and I make our predictions live? Now. Go one guess, one guess each, and I'll, I'll be non-committal. I'm not saying okay, yes. Be or non-committal. Go ahead, Murat. What do you think? Gordon Ramsay. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good goddamn guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good goddamn guess. Uh, I was going to say Thomas Keller, but I think uh, I think it's going to probably be Gordon Ramsay. That's what I think. <laughs> I think. I think you got a good job. That was a good first guess. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, <laughs> my 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 MasterChef application has gone in. So um, I talked about this quite some time ago, at, at least on Instagram. Um, I've, every year, my family and friends always say, well, "You should, you should definitely try. You should definitely." It's, I mean, it's the amateur version; it's not the professionals. Um, and every year, I'm like, "No, no, I really can't be asked." But this year, for some reason, I just thought, "Let's do it." So the application's gone in. It's a hell of an application. It, it takes a couple of days to go through it. They, they want a lot of info. You've got to make a video, and you've got to send photos of your food. It's it's crazy. So that's gone in. And I've only just hit the deadline of when they close applications. So I'll know within, within I think, within a fortnight of whether Wait, I get it to interview stage. Did I miss something? Did, you're applying for to be on MasterChef on a show? Yes, yes, yeah. The when did, when did you in, talk about that before? I completely must he, have missed he it. He mentioned it on, his, uh, on one of his uh, posts. Oh, yeah, I think it was just I on see, Instagram in the past. Okay, yeah. okay. But it's crazy. So I've been looking at you know the, the whole process of what happens next. So yeah, the next process is a is a phone interview, which everybody mm-hmm. will get. If yeah. you pass the phone interview, um, well, as part of your application, you've got to say your nearest sort of television center um, where that would be in the UK. So mine's in Bristol, 
um, the next the next stage for that is they literally ask you to bring a hot meal to them in like in a hotel at a set time. So it could be like Wednesday, 3 p.m., bring your best meal. And the judges will sit there. So they don't see you cook. You need to cook it, you know, and bring it in still hot, which is crazy. Right. And then if if they enjoy that, you're then on the show. It's as simple as that. It's crazy. So they don't actually see you cooking until you're on the live show. Sure. It's mental. It's mental. Interesting. So are they, is it it's it's is it it's like uh amateur chefs? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, MasterChef. It's it's been in the UK at least. I think it started in the UK. It's been going for probably thirty five years, and now it's all around the world. It's huge, um, but it was always for amateurs, people who don't make a living out of making food. Um, but now they've got MasterChef, the professionals. They've got MasterChef Kids. They've got all these sort of spin offs of it. But this is the you know the proper the original the original MasterChef. Um, cool. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I know I know somebody who's actually been on it and got to the finals but didn't win. Huh. Um and, and he's a customer of mine, he's got a couple of my knives. So I'll, I'll be I'll be drilling him for a lot of information. I'm meeting a lot of chefs next week, so I'll be drilling them for a lot of information. What, what so, kind of yeah. I mean, what do they make you want it? What do they make you cook? Well, that's the thing. I mean, for this sort of interview stage, it's up to you what you cook and you, you just gotta bring them I this know, meal. I got a feeling I know what you're gonna bring. What's you like that? that spaghetti bolognese? Ah, uh, no. Yeah. That's your move. It's my favorite. You can't really master chef a bolognese, can you? Why not? It's, it's, if it's know, good, it's good. Nah. Right, what you do you go? All right, so what more. would you what would you make? I don't know. That that was the question. We, me and my wife have been talking about it. So I think it's gonna be a comfy duck with some duck bonbons and a potato puree and like a cherry sauce. I think I think that's the way I'm gonna go. Whoa. But but who knows? Who knows? It's gonna be Is exciting. that something you make often though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very sort of classic French. So when people come over, family come over, that's uh, you know a lot of people ask for that. So duck confit doesn't, and that that doesn't have to be like it can be a la minute. It doesn't have to be hot as hell. It can be you can you can let it sit a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. It needs to rest. But um, you know things like the potato puree and things that, that. So what I think I'll do is if I get to that stage, I'll hire like an Airbnb like as close as I can to the studio, so I can cook in that kitchen. And then oh, run yeah. over, you know. Oh, that's a good, nice. that's a good idea. Um, God bless you. But yeah, good luck. we'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun ride, at least. That is that's exciting. It'd be fun. It is. It'd be fun to cheer you and on. Instagram. I put up the notification yesterday that you know I'd applied and all the rest of it. Um, my DMs went crazy, and it's crazy to have like from chefs that I really admire wishing me luck, and oh, wow. even a chef from that was in that big Netflix top top chef thing, you know, DMing me and that. It was just like, wow, it's, it's was it Graham? So it was, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, but um, that's our news. Let's find out what's that's going awesome. on in the uh, the world of knives. <laughs> we are reporting to you post blade show uh i'm from the basement jeff is in his car mm. and craig is surrounded by pillows <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah it's real real anchor real real anchors over here jesus christ go ahead <laughs> yeah all right so obviously the big news blade show is just this past weekend so this is our follow-up a bit so much happened I mean, I was there for I was there from Thursday morning till Friday or till Monday afternoon. I just got back yesterday uh, evening, and it was an incredible. It was a very interesting. I've only ever gone as a table holder um, 
But I'm not a very good table holder because, uh, as Jeff can probably attest, I'm almost never behind my table. <laughs> I'm mm. always out walking around, mm. and people are always – I find them out in the crowd. and like, ah, oh, walk by your table like three or four times. You weren't there. I'm like, yeah, it's true. That's true. But um, I seem like even though I, I – it, it seemed just as hectic not being behind the table as it was being behind the table. And I will say that a big part of that was because of this show. It was really, and I'm Jeff, I'm sure you got this too, but it was really, really incredible. Um, people's feedback uh, about the podcast. So many people saying that they love the show. It helps keep them company during the day, whether it's during their commute or if it's while they're hand sanding or whatever they're doing uh, and how helpful it has been to them. And, you know, that's, that's I think, a big goal for us. And, that's good and, to hear, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's incredible to hear. It's an incredible experience, really. Because, you know, we do this, uh, you know, for for shits and giggles and to be and to be helpful but and we get tagged a lot and stuff but the impact that you really feel when you're seeing people face to face and the smiles on their face and shaking your hand or people giving you a hug it's crazy it's crazy so it's really cool to see all of those people i will say the one problem was every time i had to go to the bathroom uh i was ready to piss right that that moment and it usually took me about 20 to 30 minutes to get finally get to the damn bathroom the last so four episodes have been me. about you needing a piss miracle <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you need a bag fitted or something yeah. you know i should i should have had a, a a tea, uh, well, you know, one of those jugs yeah. on me. You mean like, just you mean sneak a, between the a, curtains at oh, the booths. I thought you were going to say catheter mounted. I thought you needed like a catheter. Catheter? Oh, that's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Uh, it's a bad idea. All of a sudden, <laughs> I went to the I went to the blade show, and all I got was this urinary tract infection. You got even heat written on the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sponsored by even heat. Best bag, oh, best bag in the world. <laughs> but you know, the, as uh, as we've mentioned before, the, some of the best parts about going to the show not only is meeting the great people, but it's seeing all this phenomenal work that you follow on Instagram, seeing getting an opportunity to see it and handle it in person, also seeing some of uh, you know a lot of folks kind of keep their innovative stuff to show at Blade Show for the very first time. They don't even show it on Instagram, maybe, and so getting to see those things as well, um, yeah, and making new friends. Uh, met a lot of uh, new people. There are definitely some highlights. I would say uh, is uh, heading. I think it's Wilkinson. Heading Wilkinson from South Africa. He is hilarious and a, an insanely talented maker. Um, he was not even. I'm sorry to say, Henning. I know he's listening to this. I'm sorry, brother. I didn't even know you were out there. In, I mean, I knew you were out there in the world doing stuff, but I had no idea at what level. And I was completely blown away when he, you know, down in the pit had a knife and he handed it to me, and I was like, I was just awestruck. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I didn't even know that exists in the world. So, anyways. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I'm, there's tons to say about it, but I'll pass it on to Jeff. And because Jeff, you were there for a couple of days. You, you know, I, I heard that you had showed up, and so I made a beeline to Even Heat, and we spent a little bit of time back there yeah. talking. I'm sure you popped by their spot a few times. Yeah, uh, I was back by Combat most of the time. 
uh, when I wasn't running around. But yeah, let's hear it. It was, you know, I snuck in and then I really only go for two days. I, I, I can't. I, I can't go for the whole weekend. It's just a little too much for me. But I'll tell you what, we went, I, the first thing I did is I went right to eat. Well, even Heat got me a, a pass and uh, I met with, um, I met with Spence and I yeah. met with Spence and, and Quint and, and, and their dad, Mike, and they are, they were so happy with how things are going with Knife Talk. They are slammed. And that yeah. was really, really cool. They were just so happy with how things are going. They love the podcast. The support of our listeners for Even Heat has been awesome. They have a lot of new projects that they're going to be working on that's going to be, I can't talk about, but it's going to be extraordinarily yeah. interesting to, for everybody. And um, they're just great dudes. They're, it's a, you know, like I love those guys and, you know, we had a good time. We all we're all hanging out and talking there and they're, they're just, I can't say, I cannot say enough about how great a family the the Kellys are over at Even Heat. So that was the great. And then uh, we went over to uh, Combat. Combat, they were super supportive. They couldn't, they were surprised at how many people tagged them and when they buy their belts. It's been great. And um, I, I tell you what, I, I had a real good time walking around with people. I was, I you know, I tell you what, I don't know why, I don't know why, but Will Stelter seems to like to walk around with me. So while Will Stelter and I were walking around having a couple laughs, he was uh poor Will was brown bagging a knife that he uh that uh that he he brought this beautiful knife and you know he's brown bagging that. We had a good time there. And then I was walking around with uh Emiliano from uh Stars and and um Stars and Sun for Sun and Stars Forge. Sun and Stars Forge. Yeah. Sun and Stars Forge. Awesome guy. We had a lot of laughs with him and Charlie Charlie Lionheart, we had a good time with him, and then we were spent a lot. I spent a lot of time with Jeremy Spake, who's just a phenomenal guy, and you know, Don Nguyen, and you know Ed Braun, and we, I, I, Luis Pena, and all these great guys. And all of a sudden, on the second day, I was kind of lapping people, and not to mention all the great, you know, the Robs Wildwood. They bought. They were. They were so cool. They listened to the podcast. They were. Uh, they were super cool, and I bought a pile of wood from them, and. So on the second day, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I checked out of the hotel and, you know, the night before I, had, I might have had a couple, one too many to drink. And uh, I was <laughs> I was, uh, I was walking around and then I bumped. I finally got to see Mert Tansu. So I wanted oh, yeah. to see the Australians, Mert and Big Kev, Kev's Forge and the Sausage Man. Don't ask me about the Sausage Man. I spent about five minutes with the Sausage Man. He that's, like the, that's Henning. That's Henning Wilkinson. No, oh, sorry. No, 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 that's, that's Jamie Henning. Bishop. That's, that's Jamie, Jamie Bishop. Bishop. Sorry. Oh my God. You just Henning, Henning's probably fucking, he wants to slap me in the yeah, face right now. Henning, <laughs> yeah, with the sausage, with his sausage. All right. So, <laughs> so we're, so I'm talking with Mert and I'll tell you what, sorry, Mert Pantu is one of the great, great guys. I just, I just, he's an awesome knife maker. He's a smart guy. He's, we're talking for a long time. And then he, all of a sudden he turns to me and he goes, I have something for you. He reaches into his bag and hands me this bottle opener. That was mounted on a side on on a, uh, on a on a set of kangaroo testicles. It was a kangaroo. <laughs> it was. He's like, this is how we open beer in Australia. Oh, obviously he's not from us. He's Turkish originally, but so he hands me these, you know, furry, you know, kangaroo scrotum. So were they drained and stuffed? How, how were they? <laughs> I don't know the, hey man, I don't know about the draining part, but I think that they. I think that they, you know, stretched up, you know, scrotum them around a whatever, and it was just a fuzzy sack with a bottle opener on the end of it, and it was so funny because it's just like it's literally a pair of balls, a pair of balls. So I was, I, we were laughing, 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 oh, laughing, shit. and all of a sudden I'm looking at the top of the bottle opener. I'm like, oh my god, it's sharp at the top. 
I got to be careful because I didn't check a bag. I want to make sure I don't lose it at the airport. I don't want to be, you know, be confiscated. So we walked over to this. Gr- I said, I- I'm walking with a- my friend, John Ledford, and I'm like, hey, let's just head over to one of the grinder booths and see if they'll just grind this off for me. So I walk over to the grinder guy and I say, hey, man, I got a strange request. You think you could grind some of these balls down? <laughs> I pulled out this. I said, I got this set of balls here. I need the top ground down so it's not so sharp. And he looked at me very, very like, no, not a face. And like, I'm making a joke. He grabbed them, by, grabbed the balls. And he started grinding the tip off to make them not too sharp, you know? And I'm like, and then he goes, and he hands it back to me. He's like, here are your balls. So I put my balls in my pocket and then I kept going on the day. And then I was preparing the, my scare, the scariest part. And a friend of mine said, Hey, you know what? I'll mail them to you. I'm like, I think I can get through TSA. So in my bag, I only brought, I didn't bring hardly any clothes. It's just a, you know, a t-shirt or whatever. I had all the wood in the bag and then the balls. I had the kangaroo balls in my backpack. So I'm thinking I'm going to get, I'm going to get searched. Sack on sack action. That's right. That's right. So this, yeah, that's right. Sack in sack action. Correct. With plenty so, of wood to go around. There he is. Bada bing. So, <laughs> so I, got this, I got this bag full of wooden, wood and testicles and I'm, and I'm waiting. And it's going to go through the x-ray machine and I'm convinced my bags didn't get searched. There's just no last year I had wood in the bag and I got searched this year. I'm going to have wood in the bag and I get searched. So it goes on the, on the conveyor belt. Then there's like a fork in the conveyor belt and the ones that are good go to your side. Then the ones that go to the search side, go to the search side. So I'm like, I cross my fingers. I'm like, I don't fucking, all of a sudden the bag goes to the search side. So I'm like, all right, well, what are you going to say? What are you going to say when they pull out this, you know, Testicle. Scrotum. Scrotum. What are you going to do when they pull out the scrotum? Are you gonna, what are you going to do? So I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going to have to wing it. I'm going to have to wing it on these nuts. So <laughs> so they open the bag and they start going through it. I don't know. I, I had I, I like had it at the bottom. I'm like, all right, let's see. Maybe he's going to stop going to the taking out the wood, taking out the wood, taking out the wood. I I got a nice uh, container, uh, real nice from Chad from Mancrafting made me uh, 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 oh, yeah. a container and I had put the balls in the container. So the yeah. balls were like in the container for and, and for safety. And I'm just ready. This poor woman is about to pull out this kangaroo testicles out of my nuts yeah it's furry as hell too and i'm like (laughs) what am i gonna say what am i gonna say (laughs) so i pull it so luckily for me uh chad's uh chad's uh tumbler was hiding my nuts and so she pulled the tumbler out and didn't look in. But I was waiting for. I was like, uh, I was smiling and giggling, and I'm thinking that she's looking at me like, "Oh, what has he got?" Or he's a high or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to tell this woman. She says, "What is this?" I had to say, "You got a pair of kangaroo balls in your hand, lady." So luckily for me, thanks to Chad for mancrafting, who saved my balls, saved my balls from getting taken away. So there, you, that is your your ball report. That's funny because you hid the, report, yeah. you hung the you hid the nuts in Chad's container. That's right. That's I right. I hid a piece of beautiful piece of Af- or uh, Tasmanian blackwood. I had a block of wood in mine. <laughs> so you had I had was packing wood and you were packing nuts in that's our right. containers because I got one as well. It was yeah, pretty right. sweet. Smuggling vessels. This is smuggling this is vessels. The- that's what they. Are. I hope and uh, just to let you know. Mrs. Stelter, I know you're listening. I got so I'm getting messages from Very Mrs. Sorry. Stelter. I'm getting messages from all the Stelters. We're with you. You just have to. I we understand these things get a little bit, you know, 
testy. <laughs> so it was an awesome time. I had a lot of laughs. Uh, uh, it, it, just to let you know how great Will Stelter is, he just to make the whole donut bit, he, you know, he and I have this stupid donut bit. He ran out in the rain like half oh a mile God. to bring yeah. back a, a box of donuts to make sure like I could get a picture. Yeah, torrential. He runs back. He's a cold. real, yeah, he's a real uh, Eagle Scout. He brought a, a box of donuts and that was funny. And it was a great, it was a, I tell you what, the people who go to this Blade show, it's a, it is a great community. And Marek was right. I was overwhelmed by the people who are coming up to me, listen to the podcast. They enjoy the podcast. They were just, everybody was super awesome. Everybody was taking pictures. It was a really great vibe. And, and um, if you've never gone to the Blade show, it's definitely worth it because it's, it's a good environment. You think that these people are all crazy. And they're not. They're good people who are, you know, solitary people who are interested in finding community. Um, yeah. So I, I, it was a great experience, and I, I look forward to doing it. I look forward to going next year. How many attendees do you think were there? A lot. Yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you. But I, my beef today is going to be with the Blade Show itself. By the way, I'm gonna okay. <laughs> I am going to let them have it about something that's so stupid. I just can't even stand it. Yeah, from what I understand, that they were def- the attend uh, the the numbers were up for sure. Um, yeah, and the kilts were down. The, the, there were not that? as there were kilts were down. There were not as many utility kilts oh, yeah. as they're normal. I didn't see as many kilts as you usually see. I think I only saw <laughs> one. I'm oh, telling actually, you, it was Jason. A, I, I saw two because Jason was rocking. Yeah, he could do Jason Knight. I, there was a lot. <laughs> two years ago, it was like Kilt City. I don't know. That somebody figured it out that pants are nice too. <laughs> you got to keep your kangaroo nuts in something. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a great place to store them too. Yeah. And then <laughs> take a few pictures. <laughs> last <laughs> note. Last note is so. So, but last back to the nuts. I bring the nuts home and I, I said to my wife. I said my wife and daughter, like, look what I got from the blade show, and they're like, what is that? I says kangaroo <laughs> kangaroo nuts. And they're like they scrunch up their eyes and whatever. And I put it down on the uh, on my on my bag in the table, and my cat starts going fucking bananas on this set of balls. This cat was going. Oh, your asshole cat that hates you. No, not the one that. By the way, that that cat loves me now. But the other one was like all up on those nuts. They that cat loved that set of nuts. Fuzzy balls, baby. Nut talk. Nut talk. Sponsored by. Yeah. I was – I'm sure you got a lot of stuff. It was amazing too. A lot of – so I I got a block of wood. People – and and the the drinking cup from Chad at Mancrafting. Shout out to you. Thank you so much. But people were passing out, like bringing over all kinds of stuff, T-shirts and – Oh, I don't know. I could, just tons of stuff. Josh Prince brought me some wood. It was great to meet him for the first oh, yeah. time. Josh yeah. Prince was awesome. Walked around with him for a long time. Yeah. It's just a pile of people who listen to the podcast and good people and people just had gifts for people. And I was, I didn't bring anything, but I was, I was always very over <laughs> a little bit overwhelmed when people were just like, you know, giving me this and giving me that. And it was just, um, it was a great experience. Great experience. I, oh, I gotta, and oh, I, if I don't say this, Kev, Kev's Forge, who listens to the podcast, you know, Kev, he we made fun of him because he wears black socks. He brought me black <laughs> socks from Australia. There was blacksmith brand black socks. And he he was so happy and they were great. And it was really funny. And we had a good time with it. That's the only regret I have is I didn't spend enough time with him and the Australians. Mm. Do people stay in the hotel, the, the same hotel as the actual function? Yeah, you can. There's like 
four or five hotels within di- distance of the blade show. I stayed, right, I yeah. stupidly stayed half a mile away, but yeah, you can stay in the, in the Cobb center. It's probably the yeah. wise move. Yeah. And if you think so, you want to get to the blade show, hot tip, get in there. And so they, they, uh, they open up the rooms for reservations. Like you can actually probably make a reservation right now for next year, but they go really quick. Um, so if you think you want to attend, it does help to be right there. So it's it's like a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in the fact that you don't have to leave the building and walk out into the sweltering bullshit humidity heat of Atlanta. Uh, but it's also a curse because you're like, oh, my room's just up five floors. I can sit here all night. But then you end up sitting there all night until four o'clock in the morning drinking with the Australians. Oh, that was, that was that's, not, that was... that's not a problem. It's just it's it's hard on the sleep side of things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, that. you came down for <laughs> breakfast after you had like three hours of sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. I, yeah, and I stole Jeremy's room key and I was like, give me your fucking key. I'm gonna go sleep in your room. Uh, Ugh. So there you go. Blade show news. Life life. You were missed, Craig. A lot of people were wondering why oh, yeah. you weren't there. It was definitely like it was definitely it would have been worth it if you were there, but obviously yeah. you know, can't you gotta pick and choose. I need to make the trip, definitely. Definitely next year. Yeah, we we so gotta start working on those plans for sure. And it wouldn't yes. be the worst thing in the world if we did do something as a podcast. I bet we could yeah, make, you know, wrangle cool. something. It would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Blade News. There you go. Let me talk about one of our sponsors, Clarix Metalworks. You can visit them at clarixmetalworks.com. Um, they make fantastic grinders. I've got one. It's the BG Pro. It's their version two. Um, it's brilliant. Super flexible. It can be horizontal, vertical. They've got lots of cool things that you can use with it. Um, the controls are on the base, so there's no reaching on the back. Tool tray. It's just it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, very very affordable. They're shipping internationally at amazing rates, and Better than that, you can actually get a discount. So if you use Knife Talk 5 as a promo code, you're going to get 5% off, off your order. So go take a look at clarixmetalworks.com. Shall we get into the bones of the real show now? Yeah, let's I'm do it. You. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> All right, this is our segment that we call Hey, Man, Can I Ask You a Question? It's an opportunity for you to ask questions to us. So the thing to do would be on Instagram, follow us at Knife Talk Podcast, and you can slip into our DMs and ask a question. If the questions are too long and they're great or we haven't done them before, we're going to have to figure out ways in which we're getting a lot of repeats. We'll work that out later. You can slip them into our DMs and usually we'll read them out. So with the with that said... Let's hit the first. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? This one comes from Mestas Metals. Hey, cutie, can I ask you a question? Oh, by the way, cutie comes from a previous episode where we're all sick of those bot, those sex bots writing cutie or <laughs> hey, hottie or on your thing and not saying anything. So we said if you say hey, cutie, usually you get in a little bit quicker. So, all right. Hey, cutie, can I ask you a question? This is to Craig. Have you ever worried or slash wondered about getting your twins' names switched up and st- at sticking as they grow up? I don't. I don't because they're, they're not identical and they look very, very different. So one has basically got my head on a small child and the <laughs> other one's got my wife's head on a small child. It's a bit spooky. They're, they're just like little versions of us. That sounds... But they're, they're sounds, very different and they've got very different personalities. There, yeah. That doesn't it's, sound it's as no cute as they actually are. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Little Chucky's running around <laughs> with knives in their hand. Oh, no, not at all. But um, 
Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. But um, yeah, they're very, very different. Okay, perfect. All right, this next one is <laughs> from TL Bell 25 Hey, man, can I ask you a question? What is the project that has ultimately failed, but you have spent the longest time trying to fix and salvage before throwing it in a in, throwing in the towel, ultimately? So spent the most time fighting and then ultimately have to just say, shit, got to start over. What, what do you guys got? What are some of those projects for you? I try to do a. I got. I love slip joint folders, and I love the mechanism. I love the the what they call the walking and the talking. I love it. I love it. And I futzed with one for so long, and then I bought books, and I bought. I went. I bought screws, and I bought different. I brought different types of brass, and different types of this, and different types of that. And I was, you know, trying to figure out the locking me- mechanism. And I had it down, mm. but I was like futzing with it, futzing with it, futzing with it to the point where I was like, I threw it all in a drawer and I slammed the drawer shut. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> it was, I had to throw in the towel because I got obsessive. I spent a whole day, you know, making these slip joint folders. And it was like, they didn't come out great. And I wanted them to come out great. And I was like so irritated with myself that I wasted all that time. So that, that's, that's the one that, you know, got my goat. Mm. I'd probably say a, a serrated knife. It took me so long. And I think it was the very first episode of Knife Talk where I was speaking to Walter Sorrells. And I said, that, that's going to be my mm. next project. And it probably took me a year until I actually did it. And I'd scrapped so much steel trying. I just, I just couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, once you, once you get it dialed in, it, it, you know, it, it, it sort of worked itself out. But yeah, that failed for a long, long time. Um, yeah. And the other one is handle scales. Um, mm. drill it, drilling up sort of the wrong size where I use two different size pins for the front and back um, and drilling them wrong and Ugh. that happens regularly <laughs> um, but I'd say yeah the serrated knife get, getting that done there was just fail after fail after fail until I was happy with one yeah what about you Mareko I, I gotta say so I a, a while back possibly almost a year ago actually I did a, a a braided pattern on a mosaic Damascus. And I thought it was really cool. I was really excited about it and got a lot of positive feedback. Had a customer that was coming up that said, Hey, you know, I would love that steel. So I was like, great. Forged a knife out of it. Came out really sweet. Set it aside while I was doing other stuff for a few days. I came back to it, did some grinding on it. It was uh, probably halfway through my finished grinding and it had this weird warp. And I was like, what the hell is that? So, um, I, I went in with the heat to straighten things out and um, and went back to grinding, continued finish grinding. I got down to, I usually take my edge, I flat grind to about 20 thousandths at the edge. And it's still like this warp kept battling me. And I was like, what is going on? And then I stopped and thought for a second and asked myself, what if this blade isn't hardened? And so I just, I just stood there and bent on the blade and it took a bend and I was like, holy shit. And then I went over and Rockwell hardness tested it and it was dead soft. I hadn't even fin I hadn't even heat treated it the damn thing yet. But I thought, you know, okay, if I if there's there still might be enough meat on this to heat treat it properly without it getting all messed up. So I went in, heat treated it, and uh and it came out looking like like waves you would want to surf in Hawaii. It was all fucked oh. up. It was so, so frustrating. I had probably, 
oh shit, probably 30 hours into this damn thing at, the, at that point, from, all the way from the start of making the Damascus and forging and grinding and all of that shit. And uh, yeah, had to had to just throw that one. It, it, it might make a utility knife down the, the way, but every time I see it, I have a drawer of like messed up knives or knives that are just extras. And every time I see it, I'm just fucking pissed. I can't even look at it. But um, for your regarding your your friction folders, Jeff, a quick shout out for one of the people on the calendar, Steve Culver. He actually has a phenomenal book. He's done all that. He comes at knife making from a kind of an engineering machining background. Uh, and he has an awesome little, it's, it's just a short book about friction folders and kind of the math behind figuring out the friction right amount of tension. Joint. Sorry, slip joint, slip joint, slip joint, slip joint. Sorry. No problem. Uh, and yeah, so slip joints and he, if you just follow that, I think it, it, he even actually has a pattern in there. You can just follow that exactly. And he explains why it works and shit like that, but it makes a really, really, really nice, uh, slip joint i've i've opened and held and used some of his knives not use him use them but just you know looked at them and everything and they're very nice so for anybody interested in that steve culver uh c-u-l-v-e-r has a really great book on that um and i I also learned that jeremy spake calls frick uh slip joints doot doot knives because they have two (laughs) spots where they stop you open it halfway that's the first doot and then you open it all the way that's the second doot and it's the same thing going back. Doot, doot. All right. That was, That's walking and talking. That was a weird ad. Sorry. Right. Good job, Jeremy. <laughs> That's it. Next one is from Jaybird Knives. Hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? I'm looking into purchasing an even heat kiln. Good choice. Um, his shop, which he said is more like a shed, only has 110 volts. He's wondering whether you can run whether you three run power for our even heats and if I should hold off till he can get 220. So he's wondering whether we run 110 and whether it's worth him waiting. What do you guys run? I got a one. The first one I got was a 110. The first time I got it was a 110 because I didn't want to deal. And it worked great. It was on a super long extension cord, which probably made it heat up a lot slower. Um, it was, I just, I don't know. I made the decision that I was just going to be a lot easier and then when I got my LB18, which is the really, it's no coils in the back. It's just an incredible uh, heat treating kiln. I got 220, and I love the 220 because it does it does ramp up faster. Um, I think they're both. I think that's the best part about even heat is that they make they try to like see what people need. They try to fit the needs within the confines of guys in the garage. The guys doesn't have this kind of power. So they are very adaptable. I I used the uh, the one ten for a long long time. Now I you know now I use it for a, a, a tempering oven. But you know in in a in a pinch it's it's a dynamite. And I was doing uh, stainless steel up to you know nineteen hundred degrees. Um, so I, I'm a I think they're both good. It's just a question of what what you you know you're going to get more power out of the two twenty. Yeah, for sure. I, I've. I've only had 220, but that's because I had the power. If I didn't, I probably would have been doing the 110. Um, that's simply that. Uh, I think it, it does heat up pretty quick with the 220. Um, but you know, if you if you got the 110 and that's what you got to work with, I think I th- I mean, as Jeff just said that you know it'll work. I will say though, quick PSA. I don't know if you necessarily want to run an- machines that draw serious amperage on a 
on an extension cord. That's right. There, Jeffy. That's right. That's yeah. Because that's right. they can't necessarily handle the power. That's right. <laughs> I don't, the shop. Yeah. Because they're usually drawing like. That's right. 30, 30 amps or so. And I don't know many extension yeah. cords that can handle it. And what that's how fuck? you set your damn shop on fire, that's right. Jeff. That's right. I'm not telling so don't you. do I, it. You want me to? I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I did it. And the cord was hot. And I could, war- I could set my sandwich on the cord because it would warm up my sandwich. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie oh, to you shit. and say I didn't. I did do it. Yeah. I shouldn't have done I'm, it, but I'm, I did. I'm just saying. This no, is a, you're right. This is a- this is a learning moment. You're absolutely right. No, I learned. So because please now be I, safe, everybody. Now be, now Don't I, be like I, Jeff. Yeah, I'm telling in that you. Aspect. You want me to tell the truth or you want me to fake it? I'm going to tell you the truth. We should make you some WWJ or J. <laughs> G do. What would Jeff do? He would try to burn down his fucking shop. Well, you know, we, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that one thing I was going to say in regards to like, should I save it this just reminds me of when you're dealing with fishing rods and fishing reels you know you can mm-hmm. get an inexpensive fishing like a fly fishing rod you can get an inexpensive fly fishing rod that you 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 can learn on but once you grow once you get to a certain stage you were like ah, i shouldn't have bought this i should have bought a better one so the 220 is something that you're going to grow into because the yeah. 110 is going to have certain capabilities as a smaller unit so it's going to be good but you might get to the point where you kind of grow out of that uh, that and you, if you want to do more material, more you know, more knives, uh, more volume, you want to do it quicker and be more efficient. Two twenty might be better for you in the long term. And then in regards to the in regards to the cord, you shouldn't do it. I, I did it. I mean, I you know, I don't do it now, but I did do it then. I'm just glad you're safe, Jeff. I'm fucking I'm safe. Just glad you're I'm safe. safe as hell. I got my balls over here. I got my furry balls. I got my yeah, furry balls right next balls to balls in your cup. I got my furry balls hanging over a bottle of acetone. No problem. No, no problem. Do you use them like stress balls? Do you find yourself just sort of feeling the balls occasionally when you when you got the stress? Well, you know, when you start to if you feel those balls too much, you get a little nervous that something's going to happen. Back to the question. You ask me a question like that, you get mad at the answer. Come on, man. That wasn't fair I'm either. Mad. That was funny. That wasn't uh, fair either. <laughs> you know, get mad at the question if I answer the question. All right, this uh, next we one. only have well, I'll, I'll answer, I'll answer a bit as well because we only have two forty here in in Europe. We don't have okay. one ten. Yeah. Um. You you mentioned two twenty. Do you have two twenty, not two forty, in the US? Two twenty. It, it's yeah. I mean, it can vary a little bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not like right. Yeah, but we don't have the option of one ten. So I've, I've never tried it, but I can imagine it. You would just take longer to heat up. Am I right? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't I think know. So. I'm not. Yeah. What am I? Look, what am I? An electrician? I don't. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe one of our super intelligent and handsome uh, or attractive listeners why can be answer that question. Well, the ugly that's, ones why, can answer. that's why I corrected it to attractive. The ugly, Either ugly man one. or woman can hey, be man, attractive. I bet the ugly ones can answer just as well as the good-looking ones. <laughs> I'm trying to say they're all <laughs> handsome and attractive, you son of a bitch. Yeah, anyway, I think you're being, you know, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. This All right, this one, next question. Go ahead. Oh, is go it ahead. me? No, go ahead. All go right, ahead. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, this next one is from at Black Cat Blades. It says, hey, man, can I ask you a question? When someone orders a custom knife from you, do you take a deposit when they order and have them pay the balance when the knife is done? Do they pay in full when they order? If you do it uh, a certain way, what is the reasoning behind it? Thanks. What do you guys do? Well, I take a for a custom order. I take fifty percent deposit. Yeah. Um, but I do. I don't do many of them at the moment. So most of the sure. my stuff is now is with restaurants for sort of 
larger orders. And again, it's the same, 50% once the design has been agreed and then 50% before delivery. I know that there are a lot of knife makers out there who say that you shouldn't be asking for deposits, but when it comes to business, I think that it's a good show of faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's standard practice in basically anything else in the world where you're doing this kind of custom work. Even even a photographer for a wedding, they literally have done nothing but talk to you, will request a non-refundable deposit of well over $1,000. To ha- to hold them, to, you know, for them to save the date for you to come yeah. do your mm-hmm. photos. So I mean, I think it's I don't think it's unreasonable. And it, as you yeah, said, I think it's, a lot it's a of good what we do thing. is a lot of what we do is custom. So I'm not saying it's it's worthless if if the order doesn't go through, but it's been made specifically for that person. So yeah. it's got a lower value to somebody else. So I'd say you know a deposit is is more than reasonable. I've I've sure. always based it off of when I was a metal worker and I was talking to my boss who was doing railings and stuff, and he was always taking a third, and it was always just like it's you know to cover the cost of materials and you know this that and yeah. the other thing, and you know I think that I think that you know once in a while someone will just pay outright. Uh, we'll send a bill with a minimum requirement. And then some people just pay the whole thing off. And then, you know, sure. or some people right off the bat and some people just do the minimum and some people do whatever. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I like it because all of a sudden, you know, I got a guy who bought some knives who paid the deposit down and he, we haven't heard from him. You know, he ain't going any, yeah, you know, he paid the, a big deposit and he ain't going anywhere. You know, it's, a, or, yeah. I, you know, he's not going to, I mean, even to stiff me for the rest of them, I'm just going to move the rest of the knives somewhere else. So it's like, I think that it's a good show of faith. And it's just like, you know, you're, you're serious as a business. This isn't like fooling around. I did hate when I was a sculptor. I hated, I hated, I had once, I had one sculpture. I hated getting deposits because I always felt like I wasn't, you know, I work and work, 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 and I'm, I'm getting less money. I once had a woman who, who asked me for a sculpture and then she paid the whole thing up front. And it was so draining because I was just like, now I'm dependent now i think that because she paid the whole thing it was a lot of money that i'm like now am i now am i bought am i it's my time bought now and that's where something you have to kind of establish in terms of just because you pay a deposit or pay a substantial amount that doesn't mean you oh i owe your time you owe me, you gotta put me to the front of the mm. board right now you're just kind of mm-hmm. like yeah. you have to establish your your boundaries there's that thing if something's fully paid for before you start the work I don't think you're going to be as invested in in that work as such because there's no payoff at the end. You've already had the pay. You I mean, don't the have the incentive. The delivery. Yeah, you, I mean, the payoff is you have the delivery and you have the happy customer. Yeah. Um, but there's no sort of financial payoff at the end, which is always you know psychologically that's yeah, that's what you're psychologically towards. it's not yeah psychologically it ain't great. Well, and I think another thing to take into consideration is uh, you know a, a lot of especially these custom stuff. If you're doing a very good job like Jeff does with customer service and answering emails, and I know that uh, your business partner, Tony, helps with that end of stuff, but there's a, there can be a lot of exchanges. I was talking to some makers, and they're talking about how they have – some of them have an average of well over 100 email exchanges. All of that time that it takes to read and thoughtfully answer questions or do something like do whatever you got to do to give them a good answer it takes time. And that's your time is money. And when you're not spending it on doing what you want to do, whether it's, you know, going fly fishing, spending time with the family cooking, whatever, or whatever, um, you know, that's money that you should be, or that's time that you should be 
being compensated for it, especially if you're it's if you're providing a service for somebody. It's a good. It's a look. Some people don't like it. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you got to do what makes you comfortable. Exactly. But I think it's not unreasonable at all. All right. Next question comes from Clark Forge. Uh, when your handles are fit permanently to your knife, whether hidden tang or full tang, how do you deal with sanding the transition between the steel components of the build and the handle materials? Mm. I always seem to have trouble getting it to feel smooth and right at the tr- material transfer. Love the show. All us new makers learn a lot, so much from you guys and your guests. Thanks. I'm excited to hear what you have to say because I'm about to finish off this CIA knife and whatever you say, I might start to do. So this, I might, uh, you might be helping me out right off the bat. I'd like to see your answer to that. How do you get those super, super crispy transitions between this hard steel bolster and the softer uh, handle material? Yeah, let's hear it, Craig. It's on you, Morocco. Yeah, oh, it's on, on me. You, I thought he was talking about the tank. I assume he's talking integral knives. He's talking, with the, with I think bolster. he's talking integral. I mean, that sounds like integral knives yeah. to me. Well, I I, so, yeah. To me, I read it as the concern about the full tang and the boundary, you know, because that is an, it's an easy thing to undercut the wood material right where it transitions to the tang and to have a proud steel tang around the boundary of the handle, which happened when I worked for Bob. But I think the biggest thing you can do... For, so when it comes, I'll start with the integral bolsters. Oh, yeah, and then we'll, um, then we'll hit out, well, and then we'll hit the full tanks too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with the integral bolsters, I actually talked with a few people this week, and they're like, "How do you get the transition so there's it's not undercut?" So essentially, that means that as it transitions, and it's said in the question, it, the wood gets undercut because the wood removes considerably faster than the steel. Um, I to to keep things even and smooth, I have to have a backing of some sort, whether it's my flat platen or even the rotary platen. If that support that having that firm support behind the belt, especially when you get to the finer grits, and that's usually when it's happening, um, especially when you get to about two twenty or above, that's when the the wood starts getting or the handle material starts getting undercut uh, because it's because the steel is getting cut slower um you you that's when you really want to have some sort of backing and so like on my uh my japanese cowboy handle with the curly koa that i had at the show this weekend um uh, on on the the belly side or the front side of the bolster and kind of the two shoulders coming off of that on either side the two facets coming off of their side i needed my rotary platen to get in there and support the belt while I was making that cut. And I make sure that I'm kind of leaning and putting pressure a little bit more on the steel, but still cutting the wood and the steel evenly. And, you know, I'm not jamming it in there and holding it for a significant amount of time. I'm doing little touches. Just cut like one, two second cut. Take a look. How's it looking? How's it feel? If it looks good, feels good, I move on. But if I need to keep doing work, I just do, again, couple second cut, take a look, couple second cut, take a look, and just go back and forth until it feels good to me. And then the rest of the facets were cut with the the flat platen, my flat platen uh, supporting the belt. And um, and because that flat platen is there, again, it allows me to put a little bit of tri- uh, pressure on the steel portion of the handle and then kind of float it into the handle material, blend it into the handle material. And so... I'm really doing most of the work on the on the bolster and then doing a little bit of cutting on the wood uh, so that it's not hogging off that wood or handle material. 
And so, and then for me, like, just really quick, I'll talk about the full tanks because I did do a lot of full tank handle sculpting for Bob when I worked for him. Um, the biggest thing I found for that was to just be to to carefully go in, and I just kind of freehand uh, with the slack belt would um, would kind of grind the perimeter and basically only try to make contact with the with the uh, with the steel with the tang. Um, as I would grind around the perimeter and help bring that down. So it then kind of matched, um, the handle material, but also another thing that I've, I find I do more, I even do this on my hidden tang handles just because I don't want to accidentally grind into the pocket of the hidden tang is that I, I start my handle sculpting by grinding the perimeter of the handle. And then, and I actually take that up to like a 220, and then I go back down to a corset belt to start roughing away and removing material. But I basically don't touch a cent- uh, like a, a three-eighths or a quarter-inch strip around the whole perimeter of the handle uh, in the middle of that handle block to prevent from going too deep or, if it's a full tang, to keep from accidentally undercutting that material too quickly. And if you have troubles with that, at that point, you can then kind of go in with a sanding stick or a firm back sanding stick or a rubber back sanding stick to kind of blend that thin there, um, blend out that, that kind of what will be a facet at that point, blend that out. So it's, it's a nice transition, but you're not accidentally undercutting the handle material from the tank material. But what do you guys do to deal with that? Well, I mean, what I do with a full tang knife is, as probably most other people do is, you sort of bolt them on on just one of them so you can draw around the tang yeah. on your handle material so then you know what you're sanding to so you can you can take them down close you know pretty close without right. it actually being attached yep what once it is attached i always make sure now that all of my handle materials are completely flat on all four corners so each if you look at it as a block each each 90 degrees is is perfect um, so then when I when I start roughing it out when it's attached to the blade, um, I know if I lay my blade down on the side, that that area where the spine is, I know that's perfectly 90 degrees and that's going to be perfectly straight. And that's something for, for a long time I, I didn't think. I didn't think, well, the outside faces, I thought they don't need to be flat. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I now make sure I make, take the time to make sure all the faces are perfectly flat. So mm-hmm. then you can, you can put the... Uh, handle material on its side take the spine to the belt and again using a hard platen like morocco talked about that way it's not eating eating away yeah um i then do my hand sanding of the spine so at the moment everything is really blocky completely blocky hand sand again make sure i use like a like a quarter inch or a six mil um, steel bar which i've got my sandpaper against so there's no flex at all so i know that the wood is being eaten away at the same level as the steel keeping it perfectly flat. Once I've got the finish that I want on the spine and the underside and, and on the hand and the the, the heel, um, I then just break the corners. So I'm, I'm not touching the steel at, at, at that point at all. I'm just breaking the corners on the, on the wood. And then I can go in and I can, you know, I can just use my hand and, and, and all that kind of thing. But what I've seen quite a few people do is, is sort of hand sanding um, without any backing at all, just, you know, a bit of paper in their hand and they're doing across the spine and they're going round and round. And I think that way you're always going to be eating the wood faster than the steel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, get a very hard back in. I say I use a six mil bar or a quarter inch bar, um, and what I, I like to do is finish that so that I've got my finished result on the steel before I then break the corners and and then do the sort of sides and any sort mm-hmm. of sculpting that I do that way. Yeah, 
Sometimes for that, I use a dot, those dia stones, those sharpening stones, those steel stones that's got the, mm. there's like the sharpening things. Cause they're, they're pretty mm. good for that. I, I, I'm a big fan. Of, I, I've said it a million times. I love a disc sander. So I go back and forth between the, the, the plat and the flat plat and then the disc sander. And then that gives me, I like the fact that especially for the sides of an integral knife, you have different, you don't have this, you know, when you're going on a, on a belt, you have, you know, you're, you're, the, the belt's running the same, you know, the grits are running the same way, but if you're holding against a, a flat platen, you have different, you have, you have, you have clean, you have clean paper going around, you're hitting it at different points of the paper. So there, you're not, you know, burning, you're not burning up the, the material. Sometimes that's a problem with, you know, using, um, and I know you're going at a different speed, but like if you're using, if you're using, uh, uh, belts that have been for steel and then you happen to, this is something you guys should know that if you use this belt for steel and use it on wood, a lot of times it's going to burn the wood. So, uh, one of the great things about those, uh, disc sanders is especially if it's a new sheet, you do get like a little bit more abrasive uh, on the, on a flat plane, cleanably. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> oh, I've got a question regarding Go that. So you've talked about the, the hand sander in the past. Hand sander, um, disc sander. And I actually, sorry, the disc right. sander. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I did actually ask you this question in the week, and you didn't reply. I didn't. You dissed me. You publicly oh, dissed I didn't. me. <laughs> I didn't reply. <laughs> you didn't. You said, you said give me a minute. Oh. And that was it. You, you went well, cold I forgot on me. then, obviously. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> like, hey, well, let me see how long I can make uh, Craig sit around for. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had, I had kangaroo so I, balls I just to deal with. <laughs> That's true. I just mentioned that I like my uh, scale material to be completely flat on all sides yeah. and, you know, a complete square. Um, so I've been toying with, at the moment I'm using my, my, my grinder and a flat platen and, and doing it that way. And it's, it can be hit or miss. Some days you just, I just can't get it right. So I've been toying with the idea of getting a mill, um, doing, you know, flat services, turning, flat services, turn that way. Um, but then I'm thinking if I had a, a disc sander, I've obviously got my flat underside anyway to reference from. Right. Mm. Do you use your disc sander to, to flatten your scales? Very slowly. I do. I right, get a, okay. I have a VFD, uh, which is huge because, you know, as you know, with a, a round disc sander, the, the middle part is going to spill, spin differently. You know, you're going to get different results yeah. so if you it's not super i mean it is flat but you have to be very aware that you need to kind of turn it a bit because you know you're the middle of your disc gets bound up faster because you're you're um you're packing the the paper in the middle in the middle a little bit more than you were on the outside it's like a wheel you know the outside of the wheel is getting a little bit more you have more yeah. grit so to speak on the outside yeah. of your the the discs but the answer is yes i do it very slowly and generally speak you know i also when i'm putting my scales together and i need to kind of rough up the suspect i put them on the uh i, I go really slow just to scratch up the material so when it glues together i have some tooth but i use it all the time and okay. you here's the question that you answer here's the questions you asked i remember you said do i get a nine inch disc or a 12 inch disc and now i have the answer thinking about it because when you buy paper a lot of times you're buying nine by 11 paper yeah. right so if you right. have a 12 inch if you have a 12 inch disc you're not going to completely cover the, your your paper so i or get, you have to buy some sort of specialty stuff right so it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive exactly and and uh you know so a nine inch disc a nine inch disc will take standard sized paper 
So mm. that would be more. Okay. That's that's what I have. I'm I can't even think about twelve. I mean, I don't even know. I can't even think about twelve inches right now. That was when you went cold. I asked you, "Do you have a twelve inch?" Yeah, and you went completely yeah. cold on oh, me. Yeah. Asked me about my twelve inch. <laughs> get a little sad. I don't have a twelve inch. Yeah. Who got a twelve inch? If you tell me you got a twelve inch, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. Depends on the weather. You're lucky you got nine. You'd be you're you're in good shape. You got nine. I know some of you three inch motherfuckers don't have nine. Get out of here. Stop telling the truth. Tell the truth. No one's got a twelve. Barely got nine. There you go. Here's, here's. Michael J. Bird asks. <laughs> hey knife feckers and this i think he's irish can i ask you a question um i don't make a lot of knives but a client dropped some deer antlers into the forge do you have any tips on using antler for handles uh specifically what epoxy do you recommend and he says much love from the winds of the northwest of ireland michael j bud is an awesome blacksmith by the way awesome blacksmith mm-hmm. yeah yeah I can tell you something now that his forge is going to stink up in the next few weeks if he's using oh, that. I, that yeah. stuff stinks. Well, he's a blacksmith. He's referring to his whole shop as the forge. It would be his no. smithy. It's not. He's not going to stick that. He's not going to stick the antlers in a gas forge. He's. he's this is that's black what Craig was saying. I yes, think it's it just was from, from grinding. Oh, they just stink right. from grinding. You're right. My bad. It, Jesus. Did you yeah. think that I thought that he put antlers actually think, in his yeah? In his gas that's forge? right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You think so little of me, Jeff? No, I thought, you know, you know, no, he's a blacksmith. He's, he's, you know, he didn't say he's smithy. That's <laughs> my bad. I did, I did Studio. assume. Okay, yeah, we got mistake. it. Mistake, huge mistake. So, what, what do you think? Any tips for using antler for handles? Use sharp used belts. Use sharp belts as best as you can, um, because it's the second those belts start getting dull, you're going to start burning that material really quick. Not only does it stink, but it burns the material really badly and, and it's just no good for anybody uh, and could make the, the, the material basically unusable for that particular uh, project. Um, Glue-wise, I mean, the epoxy you use for your handles, I think, is just fine for the for the the drops as well. I would make sure that you've given given those antler drops an opportunity to kind of dry out because if they are drops, you're finding them out in the woods or, or wherever, and um, they've very likely picked up a bit of moisture. So you want to give them a chance to dry out before you use them. Um, but other than that, I think you can basically treat them. From my experience, you can treat it basically the same as wood material. Just you just want to use sharp belts because it is not worth it either to burn the material or to stink up your shop. Shop because you, you know I, I love my former shopmates. They uh, especially Jamie. He did uh, a lot of antler work for his uh, saxes, uh, which is a Viking style type of knife general use knife and uh he very very much loved working with antler and holy shit did that stuff stink and uh yeah it definitely so has its, that smell of is like it's like it's total misery it's a it's smell like born, of it's like, burning hair it smells like burning yeah. hair it's horrendous it's, it's not, so i guess not. also make sure you got good ventilation i've never used horn i've never used horn or antler before no yeah. I had a, I actually had a, a couple of, actually I caught a couple of buffalo horns that, and I, and I, and I, it's, it smelled so bad. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Like scales, they were, they're like jigged to make, make it look like an antelope or something like that. And I was like, yeah, let's give sure. this a whirl. And that's still, it smells so bad. God, this is awful. 
All right, well, I just want to take a minute really quick to talk again about our awesome sponsors at Combat Abrasives. Uh, real quick, if you go to their website, anything you buy from them, whether it be epoxy for glue-up, handle materials, all kinds of grinding belts, uh, whatever you get from them, they have a, uh, a code, a discount code for you. It's Knife Talk 10 And so if you, again, go to CombatAbrasives.com at checkout, use the uh, the checkout code combat or, or sorry, sorry, knife talk 10. Um, and you'll save 10% on whatever you buy. I got to tell you, it was really awesome to spend time, um, with, the uh, the people, the fine people at combat, uh, Garrett's our guy. And, uh, he's, he's, a, he's young. He's smart is really cool to actually talk with him outside of the show. We did a little bit of like a combat dinner and, um, and get to to see his perspective on the business and everything, but he's just he's re- he really believes in the material in the uh, you know in the in the belts and the product. And I, I'm it was really cool to to find somebody or you know to actually talk to the sponsor and spend time, just like Jeff was saying with even he to to see and feel the passion that he has for the stuff, um, because they are really are an incredible product. Um, and you know, I think there's going to be some really cool opportunities in the future, hopefully in the not too distant future, uh, to do some work with them to get some uh, some cool content actually put together around grinding. So a lot of people are asking about my S grinds or how I sculpt handles, just like that question earlier. Um, we're talking about putting some stuff together as uh, some really nice resource material that can help folks with that. So. Again, go to Combat Abrasives, check them out, anything you buy from them. Make sure at the checkout, use uh, Knife Talk 10. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Combat 10. But anyways, it's Knife Talk 10, and you'll save 10%. And then tag us when you post your pictures. They oh, love yeah. it. He, he's overwhelmed. He says he's overwhelmed by how many people tag him in their Knife Talk uh, uh, stories. Yeah, tag us, tag them, get it shared up, we'll let people know. We'll help you. We'll help the world know what kind of work you're doing. Mm. cool cool now we get a lot of questions every week um and a lot of them are repeat questions so we've got this idea of just repeating some of the common questions but we're going to give super super fast answers so you know 10 20 second answers to these next few questions Mm -hmm. so i'll go first with the first one which is from alex looney and he says, hey, man, can I ask you a question? Is it possible to make Damascus without a power hammer or press? If so, how can I get started? And what's a simple pattern to start with? What do we think? Yes. I think. Oh, <laughs> I'll Go say ahead. yes, ahead. you can. You can do it by hand. I would suggest doing smaller billets. Um, but random, obviously, is really is really achievable in a short period of time. Also, twist. Uh, those are kind of like the two standard really quick. Um, make it happen patterns. Yeah. Uh, get a friend with a sledgehammer to help you out. I got a good, I got, actually got a really good piece of advice from John Porter, which, which was don't make if for you're making one knife, you don't necessarily need to make a giant billet. So the smaller the billet, the easier it's going to be. Cool. Cool. Um, another one from Glenn Wills. All right, fellas, what do you guys use for cutting oil when drilling holes? <laughs> I don't use anything. <laughs> but there is tap magic. Tap magic's really great for cutting, uh, for drilling. I used WD forty once in a video, and that yeah, I got a lot of comments telling you. Yeah, you asked ripped open, didn't you? WD- <laughs> I did. I ripped did. open. Wow. 
Dang, girl. <laughs> that was what do you think hard. it means when somebody says ripped you a new uh, one? You, you think they're ripping your back of your hand open? They're you're ripping painted, your ass a new one. You painted, you painted quite a picture there. Just go hold on to your kangaroo balls and calm down. All right, all right, all right. I like uh, cutting oil. Was uh, cutting magic was a good answer, and three, two, uh, three and one oil is good too. Yeah. Cool. LD knife. How do you grind a distill taper? <laughs> Carefully. There you go. <laughs> There's his answer. I don't know. I I got nothing for that. I just do it by eye. Uh, you can make lines uh, on the top of the spine to as guides and break the corner. But also, when it's like when you're forging, when you're forging, you're actually moving the you're moving the material back, and you're hitting uh, you're hitting in the same spot, and you're hitting closer and closer to the edge. So you're not spending as much time on the the body of the knife, and that's the same thing as a distal taper when you're on the grinder. You don't need to you don't need to make the the back of it's the thinnest. You need to tip the thinnest. So you have to work slowly, slowly, slowly in order to get that distal taper. Twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this in the past as well. The actual design of the knife will will help as well. So if your tip is pretty low, you're going to have a, a natural distal taper anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, Peg Leg Forge. Hey, can I ask you a question? What is the best knife style for beginner bladesmiths? Pairing knife. <laughs> uh, yeah or a hunter small hunters yeah yeah blacksmith yeah. knives something that you're going to use i'd say something that you're going to use yourself day sure. daily you yeah. know this you know work for you small something small that you can actually handle it's not such a big deal you can get more comfortable doing there you go cool i came back from the blade show after spending some time with the new jersey steel baron they were all down there with piles of steel pete Bruno is doing a great job over at the at the New Jersey Steel Baron. They have uh, all sorts of uh, they have all sorts of types of steel. They have information on the steel. They have they know where the steel is coming from. They know when it was uh, all the information on its heat treating and the cycling and the plant that it came from. There uh, they give you information in regards to how you can heat treat the steel, and they do water jet cutting services. So if you wanted to make a stock knife. You want to make a lot of them. You give them a uh, you give them a drawing, uh, and then they'll even they'll even transfer it into a, into the digital file that you need. If you want to just do a drawing, send it to them with all the information. They'll take care of that. Um, I saw I went went down there. I saw a pile of offcuts, and I could recognize people's knives. It would they they do a great job. Uh, they're working on the website. The website's coming soon. They're still happy with what we're doing. New Jersey Steel Baron is definitely worth it in regards to buying very good quality steel that they stand behind. There you go. New Jersey Steel Baron. Cool. Craig's Community Showcase. So this is a bit of the show where we'd like to give a shout out to either a maker or it could even be a product, but something that we've seen that we think the rest of the world needs to know about. Now, we have a bit of fun with this. We like to keep it short. So we've now got a, a countdown. So we need to do it within 30 seconds. And I think I'm up first. So here we go. So my community showcase is the James Brand. And that's at James, thejamesbrand.com. Um, I think it's a bunch of designers that I've got together. They're not necessarily makers. They could even be factory made, these, these knives. But they're all folding knives. Um, very sort of design led that they look beautiful they you know they're designed stunningly well and i'm looking at the, the team people like aaron drapel and are part of the team so go and have a look at the jamesbrand.com that might have been the slickest of them all Oof, close it was close that came in right at the post 
but so I'm sort of getting used to that noise as well. You know, the the <laughs> I think you should do that. I think that should be the the noise. I think that may be one of our bumpers. <laughs> yeah, I think it's from a TV show here in the UK, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's every old age pensioner will know that because it's on sort of like three o'clock every afternoon. It's mm-hmm. like this quiz show. Who's next? You. All right. Are you ready? All the time. Go. All right, this one goes out to this young man named Jack underscore Henry underscore Knives. He's 15 years old. I was walking around with him at the Blade Show, and he is amazing. He's an incredible kid. He loves the podcast, and for some reason, he could put his mother on the phone with me to tell me how much she liked the podcast, which was it was nice, but it was, just, it was like, <laughs> all right, I got you. So go follow Jack underscore Henry underscore Knives. You won't regret it. I'm with you. Oh, that was good, dude. Nice. He did. He Jeff's actually becoming the mother's favorite. Oh my god, you have no idea. And then another guy, uh, 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 Will um, Will Freeman, put me on the phone with his dad. Oh, we must. they all made him listen. These guys are making their parents listen to goddamn podcasts. I'm just like, oh, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't don't make them do it. But the but uh, but Jack was just like, yeah. I'm, I'm walking around. And all of a sudden, I hear this speakerphone, and it says, "Hi, I'm Mrs. Henry." and I just want you to know we love your podcast. Me, oh God, great, Give me alone. I appreciate it, Mrs. Henry. Thank you very much. Your son's very nice. I'll get off my phone. Can't talk to you. Can't do this. Oh my God. Crazy. Really happened. Crazy. Are you ready, Morocco? I uh, I think so. Yeah. Thirty seconds starting now. All right. I want to give some love to my man Rick Hall. Uh, you know, I met him f- for the first time at the Arizona Hammer Inn um, back in March. I, and before then, it was just a few interactions. He's very positive. But at the Blade Show this year, uh, I got to, especially getting ready to fly out. We spent several hours at the airport hanging out. Uh, I got to hang with him and his wife. Very sweet, very kind people. He's a very enthousi- enthusiastic guy with an incredible story. You should go check him out, Rick Hall Knives. I was actually going to do – he was going to be one of my guys in the future. He, he is such oh, a good guy. He loves the podcast. I, obviously. Too bad, obviously. <laughs> you got it. You got it. No problem. I liked him. Very, I li- he's a good guy. He and his wife are super awesome, and they really are awesome people. Cool. Cool. Right, so dude. that's three accounts, uh, all Instagram accounts, and they'll be in the show notes so you can go take a look. Where's the thing? Uh, well, this is, uh, so we're going to do beefs, but before we do our beefs, we have a listener beef that I just love this beef and I had to read it just because it just, it was so frustrating. So this listener beef comes from Gabe Jensen 09 and he says, I have a beef. This dumbass messaged me on Etsy wanting a knife and he says he wants a sax. So I sent him the size he wants and the handle materials, etc., and he never responded. So a week goes by and this guy asks, how's the progress? <laughs> so, he said he didn't say anything. He's like, "So are you working on my knife? What are you talking about? You you ghosted me for all this time." Oh man, I love that beef. So this is the part of the show where basically we kind of bitch and moan a little bit. Sorry, Will Stelter's mom. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta sorry before you curse. 
Well, I, gotta, I don't remember always, it until after I curse. I'm like, oh always, shit, that's right. I just I right. did it again. You always do that before you. When you say spoiler alert, it's before you spoil. You oh, always earmuffs, curse earmuffs. and apologize. Yeah, earmuffs. Actually, you could just call the show good right now. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this is where we bitch and moan and uh, and express some of our frustrations, just like the previous beef. Craig is gonna kick us off. I want to hear what he has to say. Let's hear it. Okay, so so I'm here in France, which you know some people say is the, the culinary capital of the world, and there is some amazing food here, but everything, and I mean everything, even stuff you would imagine wouldn't have it, everything has mustard, which is the food of the devil. Mustard what? is just it's just not needed, not needed. I, I can sort of handle American mustard because it's that sort of you know like a like a hot dog mustard because you know that that's it's not too offensive. But, you know, like a strong English mustard or something like that, that just gets up your nose. And, it's, you know, it's like wasabi. It's just, ugh, no need. So mustard, get in the bin. You're not needed. You're, You're crazy, crazy, man. so English. You're, this is a crazy thing i You only want heard. salt and pepper on stuff, don't you? <laughs> Maybe a little lemon. He likes to kill ketchup on his hot dog. Come on, man. <laughs> Mustard's the best. Mustard's oh, great. No. I mean, I understand but, what you're saying. Dijon, Dijon mustard does have a funk to it that's a little bit unsettling. It actually reminds me of getting car sick and car sick sometimes. But mustard <laughs> on a hot dog, I mean, that's 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 that. Yeah, I mean, that sort of mustard isn't too bad. But I mean, have you guys tried like a Coleman's mustard, which is like yeah, a very sort of English that's hot, mustard? That's hot. It's disgusting. It's, it just the gets spicier, up your nose the better. And, oh. Oh, I'm, I'll I'm tell you, Adam Carolla, Finally. Adam Carolla would, yeah, Adam Carolla would be ripping you a new one right now because he says real grown-ups like mustard. That's right. You're not supposed to have ketchup on your hot dogs. Yeah, no ketchup on the hot dogs. That's for kids. <laughs> here, I mean, you can even go to like get like a takeaway sandwich something here, and you can ask for tuna, for example, or like a or like a salmon sandwich, and it'll have mustard in it. Mustard? No, no. Get in the bin. <laughs> you don't like no mustard. Ah, French. No. The French like a little mustard. What do you want from me? I mean, mustard on a ham and cheese sandwich is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, pretty oh, damn tasty. Oh, put it in the bin. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what have you got, Jeff? Uh, I tell you what. I had a great time in the Blade Show, but I was furious about one thing. I tell you what, Blade Show. You got to get your act together about the internet. The internet is. Boy, you got inter- Are you introducing Blade Show to this thing called the internet? I, dude, the Blade Show people, you have got to figure something out for two reasons. Number one, people don't find out about the Blade Show from reading it in the Penny Saver. Okay, it's all about social media. <laughs> people need to have connectivity to the social media. I don't know. I don't know what's that number. Number one, it's you can't even get a signal out there. And number two, how do you expect those vendors to do any business if they cannot get on the internet to oh, charge credit Christ. cards? Yep. That was a giant problem for a lot of people who are losing a lot of business because not everybody brings cash. There are business people who bring credit cards because it's a better way to, for their transactions. Yeah. I, when I was talking to these guys in, in Australia, these Australian wood guys, they were saying in Australia at these things, they bring in like, you know, you know, machines or whatever, like, or you know, I don't know what you could call them to bump up the internet's signal in the space. Yeah. This is this was the I got so mad because I was waiting for guys and waiting and they couldn't ring out and they were freaking out. They only were there for three days. They need they cannot afford to lose a sale. And are you out of your mind? It was the stupidest thing of the whole thing. I could not believe. And this is not the first time this has happened. They never get the Internet right. 
go, you got to do something, man. You guys are getting a ton of money. You get a ton of visitors. You get a ton of traffic. You're charging a pile of money for, for the tables. You've got to make it more internet act, internet connective, uh, accessible because you're stupid. If you don't, you're, you're making a huge mistake and you're fucking it up for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy to me is that Every Blade show I've been to, they they offer uh, you know a guest Wi-Fi. It's one of their sponsorships. Usually, there's a company that sponsors quote unquote the Wi-Fi, and but there's one sign outside the entrance that's usually blocked off by a thousand people walking around. I didn't you see don't that see sign. Exactly. That's it. And you know what? And, and I saw it should be posted a hundred times around the whole all over place. the place. <laughs> It should be on the badges. It should be all over the place. And I saw vendors freak, freaking out, running up to the security guards, asking if they knew the Wi-Fi password. Yeah. It, you don't. It, if you don't have Wi-Fi, yeah. that's one thing. But at least uh, there's you can't get a good signal in the goddamn place. So yeah. people who don't have the Wi-Fi are hoping that their phones can break through whatever it is in order the so concrete that they and can steal. Yeah. Oh, it's like I don't know. It's like it's mind numbing that the people at the Blade Show have not figured out that we got to do something to make sure that people because this is where people are coming from social media too. Yeah, people, you got. I saw everybody's posting pictures of their friends, their family, or their other knife makers they want to meet and everything like that. They're doing you a favor. Yeah, bend it, a little bit. Don't be stupid. <laughs> it behooves them on both sides, on the sales side as well as the social media, because people could have and should have been posting up nonstop but people had to wait they were taking all kinds of pictures and then they were unloading them after they left the show right yeah people were trying to do do it in real time and the purpose of social media especially if people are going to do stories or live feeds is to do things in real time and but the worst part was for the vendors who couldn't charge people oh and if you don't have cash and you have a credit card you have to say come back in 15 minutes or you know these people were sweating bullets they were like oh god i can't get i hope it works i hope it works as any way to do business come on man this is you gotta you gotta pull it together you can't charge these people money and then make it hard for them to do business yeah stupid May, that made me angry. I felt really bad for a lot of people. I actually got irritated with one guy because he, he 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 made me walk all over the place to see if I get my car done. I'm like, oh, he's like, I'm really sorry. I say, all right, stop apologizing. You know, we're all miserable here. But yeah, Blade Show, you got to fix this out. You got to fix this up. It was it was. I felt terrible for a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, it, it seems like something basic that they should super have basic, sold super basic. Do something. Yeah. Let's just sit there. Do something. You got time. Stupid. People bit people bitch to watch PS somebody gets mad that I say everything stupid all the time. <laughs> I usually say I'm the one who's the most it, if, if I say anybody's stupid, it's usually me. I'm so stupid is usually what I say. But I remember I read something, somebody said, Ah, he says everything stupid. And I think I did like I said stupid like three hundred times because I wanted to get back in like that. Uh well, going continuing on my theme of issues with bathrooms and everything uh my my beef (laughs) is with people's bathroom etiquette Uh and so we're at the blade show it's actually it's a very nice building it's very everything's well designed everything it looks really nice and then you step into the bathrooms and it looks like people who are using the bathroom have never seen a bathroom in their entire life there's piss all over the floor all over the seats 
at, so at one point, it looked like some jackass wiped his ass, sorry, all right, and all threw right. the toilet paper on all the right. fucking floor. All right, all right. It was Jesus. disgusting. And it's just like, do you do this at home? No. But when you go out and t- – it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you don't know. You're going you're to get some of those redneck knife makers coming. God knows what they do at home. <laughs> oh, my God. I just don't know. understand it. I guess it, it's, it just comes back to do you do this at home? Do you piss all over the toilet seat and the floor at home? I guarantee yeah. you, you do not. You'd be surprised. So just- Maybe some, <laughs> some of them do. Maybe some of them like squat down and like like a dog and rub their butts against the carpet in order to wipe their butts. You never know. Well, and my problem is like, are you gonna do that? You go outside and piss in a bush then, or something. Oh, Whatever right. you're oh, used to. Or, Get out of here. Or Arizona iced tea bottle. Or Arizona iced tea bottle. Go piss in a trash can. Oh, just geez, don't piss all over. The fucking floor. Oh man, Greco's well, pissed. Yeah, I am pissed. <laughs> It's just disgusting, and I don't understand it. It's frustrating, and it's fucking rude. I did see a dude uh, a couple days ago. I was walking my dog, and this guy was in the park, and he uh, he just he didn't even he didn't even go. He went over towards the woods and just started taking a leak, but he didn't go into the woods. And I was like, like, why (laughs) would you? I said, why wouldn't you just? Why wouldn't you just go into the woods? But a funnier story. Here's a funny story. Here's old school Jeff. When I was a kid. We used to drive up to my dad's place, and it was a long drive. And when we stopped at the grocery store, he the first thing he would always do would be open the door and take a leak in the parking lot, in the parking lot with the door open. And oh my, my dad's wife at the time was like so horrified yeah. that he said to me that he she said to me, "She's Jeff, do something." So I'm like, "What do you want me to do?" She's like, "Do something." So I pushed him into the car while he was peeing. <laughs> oh my god it was the only thing and she he, he was so mad at me and i was like yeah she wanted me to do something so while he's peeing i just kind of pushed him into the car it was so great so funny <laughs> you know i talk about like um cultural differences here in france yeah. to, compared to the, the rest of europe but where we are is very rural so it's not unusual to be driving down the road and just see somebody just pissing down the side of the road are they facing <laughs> are they facing first, the road got here well, no, they're facing the field or wherever right. it may be. And so when me and my wife first got here, we said, look, there's another one. They're just pissing. They're just, they're just pissing everywhere. So what, <laughs> what, what I started doing as I was passing, I'd beep the horn and see if I could, you know, just scare them a little bit. <laughs> but if you beep the horn, they just turn around with the junk in their hand. <laughs> the junk in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> so we stopped beeping. <laughs> That's awesome. They just oh turn around. God. What's the, what's the, you know, they don't even, they don't get nervous. They're like, what's the, what are you you're talking to me? Oh. Seriously, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh and public toilets here as well. Um, I call them the long drops. They don't have like <laughs> a basin that you sit on. They literally have, it's almost like a shower base and it's got like grips for your feet so you can stand there. And there's just a hole, like a, like a six inch hole, which you, which you drop into. It's, it's crazy. Do you have anything to grab? No, no. So you're sort of back against the wall and you're sort of... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. What else did show turned into? What happens what you is this show turned into? This is a bathroom talk. Know. The whiz, the whizaroo. And on the, on, the, think- on the note of bathroom talk, I want to say thank uh, you to Big Kev. Uh, he's just such a great... <laughs> you know, but really... I- <laughs> I'm busting his, I'm what busting you, his chops. No, no, oh. he's a good guy. I just want he's to say thank guy. you to him. And uh, he, how did, how he, did the bathroom he, remind you to talk about him? Well, I'm just 
trying to take the piss out of him by <laughs> relating him to a fucking guy for a reason. <laughs> you got that 12 inch disc grinder. for my son it was very sweet and thank you kev all right there you go you're gonna get better than that big kev with this 12 inch disc grinder <laughs> that's a show remember go check out our sponsors <laughs> um leave us reviews on itunes or wherever spotify wherever you're listening and we shall speak to you again next week all Bye-bye. right baby bye as hell too when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.